This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Brandon Spinner, alongside Michael Burns, the other co-host of this bourbon and baseball podcast. Mikey Burns, happy Wednesday. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Brandon. I've got baseball on. There's been baseball on all day. Gosh, mm-hmm. I love I, I love baseball season. Uh, I love when there's games at noon, and then you've got the West Coast games that are their noon games that are on at three. And I've been also watching baseball most of the day today while I was at work. Just kind of, I have a three monitor desk, and I always tuck it on the third monitor on the side with just enough volume up that I can hear what's going on, but it's not like overly distracting. There you go. It's called efficiency. <laughs> For the sixth, is it the sixth straight week or the seventh straight week? Michael has a different backdrop. <laughs> that's right. That's this. I think the seventh. <laughs> the seventh. Yeah. Uh, you've yes. been in like four different rooms. You've been in three different cities. You've been in two different rooms in your own house. You've painted three that wall. States. Yeah, three different states. Um, it, it's been a two wild. time zones. Yeah. Two. Well, I've been in two time zones too. Uh, just didn't record in one of them. As far as what's going on, uh, I'm talking about Michael's Backdrop. You can go see that over on YouTube, and you can find us on YouTube. All of our podcasts are there. We're throwing out a lot more extra content there as well, uh, baseball-related content. We'll have more bourbon-related content there uh, via our YouTube Shorts page. So just go check us out there, our YouTube page. You can find us at youtube.com at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Uh, again, our at symbol is Barrels the letter N barrels pod on YouTube, on Instagram, as well as over on Facebook as well. We're almost to 100 subscribers on YouTube. That was a big jump this week. A big thank you to each and every one of you who subscribed. Maybe you're a new viewer, but you just subscribed over the last week. Thank you very much for tuning in. We're almost to 100. I'm going to set us a goal, Michael. We got to get to 100 by the end of this month, April 30th. We're at April 30th in four days. We're at? Well, last check was 94. So I think we can okay. do it. I think we can do it. So this is a push. Tell your friends about us. We would love to hear what they think of our podcast. We're also on Instagram, almost 2,000 followers. We're about like 972, last check as well. Uh, you can All head right. on over to Barrels and Barrels Pod on Instagram as well. Facebook, we jumped up about 60 followers on Facebook this week. And Twitter, we had a great week as well. So you can find us there at Barrels and Barrels. Again, on Twitter, Barrels and Barrels. We're at 128 followers at the time of our recording. Last time we had 59. So we doubled our following on Twitter. And that's partially because the after content six, is coming in hot. Yes. And that's partially higher because after six months of doing this podcast, no, it's April, right? So we started after seven months of doing this podcast. <laughs> Michael Burns has finally graced the Barrels and Barrels podcast Twitter account with a follow. It only took seven months, Mikey. (laughs) It only took seven months. (laughs) But he did it. So we want you to as well, at Barrels and Barrels on Twitter. You you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, as well as Amazon, Stitcher, and Google, as well as iHeartRadio Podcasts. That's it for all the housework up front. Housekeeping. Housekeeping up front. 
We are a bourbon and baseball podcast. We start with bourbon, and this week we've got a sample sent to us by one of the more popular brands out there, uh, especially when it comes to the blending world, and that is bourbon by Barrel Craft Spirit. So this is Bourbon Batch 34. Uh, lucky enough that they sent us a flask of this to sample and try. You've got, what batch is that behind you? I've got 10 batches ago of Batch 24. So Michael's got batch 24. I've got batch 33, which we recently did. Uh, well, not recently. I guess it was last year we did uh, a review on it. I did not go back and check that review. I do not know where we have it rated. And I hope you're not looking at for it right now. Because I want to rate this and then go back and see how we ranked 33 to see maybe where they stack up to both of us. We've also done Barrels Vantage as well. So this is batch 34. This just came out. Uh, 114.62 proof. It says six years on the bottle uh, because if you're new to bourbon or whiskey, you have to put the youngest age of the juice that goes into uh, the bottle. This is a mixture of six-year barrels, eight-year barrels, 10-year barrels, and 15-year barrels. And this is coming from Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. So it's three different, most likely three different sources. It could be more, but it's at least a minimum of three. You're going to guess the Indiana is MGP. And then from there, your guess is as good as mine. Maybe some Dickel. That would be my guess, the Tennessee juice, but you don't know. Uh, so let's dive into it. Uh, I've been really liking what Barrel Craft Spirits itself has been putting out as you of really late. really Barrel 33. Yeah. Uh, and I really it. like Vantage Look how much well. you've got left of that 33. You've only got a couple pours really left. Yeah, I've got about 35% of the bottle, maybe. Look how long I've had this guy. <laughs> when did you finally crack that open? It, it, that's true. I, I held on to it for a long time. I'm going to say right before we did 33. Yeah, I think that's true as well. So you, hold, you held on that for you likely years i would assume right uh, at least one maybe two so i just poured mine uh i mentioned this is a six-year bourbon but there are eight-year 10-year and 15-year barrels this comes from the website of an msrp of 84.99 i do see it on other websites for in the mid 70s so i'm going to guess that uh, you could probably find it cheaper in some spots but 85 bucks is about where this ranks uh when it comes out so if you see it on the shelves it should be right around 85 bucks. Uh, I know Costco's generally have it for a little bit lower. Hold so, on. The Costco has it a little bit lower. The Costco. That's the what Costco. you call it, right? Yeah. So, Brandon, I'm but, keeping notes. I've started writing notes as you read out the mash bills and stuff. I just want to give a shout out for what I'm writing with here. Oh, that's right. And that's Michael King's Louisville Slugger Bat Pen I've got here. So, the pen made out of a Louisville Slugger. And it's feels prof I feel professional writing notes with this thing. And that's what I've been taking it's, notes with for the last couple of weeks because Michael also gave me one, uh, and I sent yours in the latest care package. But yes, this is from, uh, if you find them on Instagram, that is at 1311MISC. I'm going to see miscellaneous. It's actually funny why it's the 1311, and I'll let you go and ask him uh, what the actual reason for those numbers are. Uh, it's a lot simpler than you would expect. I sent the pen to you. He gave me a pen as well. This is actually made from a Louisville Slugger bat. He made it on his lathe, put the pen together. So you got number two, I've got number one. And I believe 
he has, well, he took my name for this pen too. Not took my name, but he asked for names. And I said, how about the bullpen? Oh, to name it? Yeah, because he names, he makes several different kinds of pens. So there's actually a name. Like, I, I don't know what all the other ones that he makes. Right, I like know you, name, you can name your batch as a bourbon and such, you know. Right. So he was looking, he was wondering what he should name it. And I put out the name, the bullpen, and it is called the bullpen. So if you would uh, like. You know, that took me way too long to figure out the bullpen. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, I didn't take it until that last time. Yep. Yep. Michael, I was I wondering, I was like, it must not be that good in Michael's book. And then it was the charm. Oh, you can watch see. it on YouTube and you can see, watch it just clicking on my face. Yes. Oh, <laughs> wow. But yes, as Michael mentioned, right. find us on YouTube. So first uh, thoughts um, as you were taking notes, Michael, what, what do you think? Um, do you have a mash bill for this guy? So it's not, it's three different mash bills you don't know what the juice is so i'm going to say it is an x amount of it's got to be 51 percent corn that's for sure corn, it's bourbon rye so, and malted barley corn rye and malted barley uh it did mention in the notes that they use high rye bourbon in part of it uh the 10 and 15 year i believe um so if it's coming from mgp as the high rye bourbon that's going to be 60 36 4 i believe is the uh, MGP high rye right off the top of my head. I'm going to guess we're probably looking at 70%, 25%, and 5%. That would be just a guess, but who knows? I'm getting, I'm not getting strong, overpowering notes on the nose right away. And so I want to, I'm getting a little sweetness. I want to say it's honey that I'm pulling out, but nothing's smacking me in, in the face aroma wise. I've How got a strong butterscotch and a dark fruit. Almost. And it's it's got a like a spicier smell to me. Like Yes. So I think maybe that's that's hiding or masking the rest of it for me on the nose. It could be. Yeah. I think so. I a little more of that um I I it's more so a creme brulee for me. Like a sugary, like a buttery sugar. Let me try your style of nostril to nostril here. There's only one way to do it, man. Got to go nostril, nostril, and then double nostril. One, two, right? Left, right. Left, right. <laughs> I'm running out of breath, though. <laughs> I take a second. Let me take a, let me take a mouth coder and then uh, catch my breath. You know you're out of shape when you're losing your breath, smelling your whiskey. Now I'm, I'm, I was, I'm glad you said it because I was like, I feel like light in the chest. <laughs> Take a deep breath and count to four. Yeah, it's uh, very. I'm, I got a like I say butterscotch, but like a buttery sugar. I like the best way is creme brulee with butterscotch and. A spicy or dark fruit was what I got. It's, like um, on my right nostril, I definitely get that baking spice, cinnamon, creme brulee kind of. Maybe the even some one, nutmeg. The left one, I get a drier, a drier aroma from it, and then both of them. Let's go. Do it again. I get. The, I just get the spice, the the spice on the on both nostrils at the same time. So you've taken a little sip there. You ready to? 
dive into it? Yeah, uh, I took that little coat. I thought it was warm right off the bat, like really warm up front. It gives you a very strong hug and coats the entire mouth. I think the viscosity is pretty good. Um, it's buttery to me, uh, and yeah, it's got definitely. A, a very warm feeling from the moment it enters your mouth. And do get a little bit of that Pop Roxy feel midway through. I got a very strong apple tone up front, like up almost front? an apple juice. I wonder if that's that's the spice going with the fruit with you, the strong spice. Mm-hmm. I get a. This is very. This is on the sweeter side of like the creme brulee. You said I wouldn't say I don't get butterscotch as much. I don't get a Mm-mm. strong caramel, and I feel like the middleman there is creme brulee. It's yeah. I got more caramely than on the nose. Uh, there's a little bit of oak on there. A young oak, mature oak. Mm, moderate oak, <laughs> moderate. like a sophomore so like oak, a, like an eight ten year oak. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably eight ten year oak. Yeah, maybe that might be even more. I, I, I think I don't really want to age the oak, but uh... <laughs> well, that's what they do. That's what they have a little bit in the picks. There, you get the the, yeah. the years is kind of how mature that. Oak I wouldn't is. call it mature, but I wouldn't call it young either. Yeah perfect age oak <laughs> uh yeah it's it, i do have some fruitiness to it uh it's still so does it does it lack anything for you it's not as sweet as i anticipated it to be um so that's what i i kind of feel is the lacking and i don't feel like i'm overblown with flavor i think it's kind right. of up front, it doesn't change as much like Barrel Vantage did. Like in Barrel quick, Vantage like, is a five-tool player. He's right. got he's got all all the tools of it, the complexity. Um, this maybe has max three tools for me. I feel it's, it's if if the you know you see the wave of a and then a stock market crash at the end. I don't get mm-hmm. a lingering flavor as I talk. It's not changing. It's just butter at the end. Yeah, I get the butter more so from the middle towards the end. I'm talking now. I've had it it's been about 30 seconds. There's still a pretty decent, and like it's coming back to me the more I talk. I'd I'd say it finishes a lot longer um, the more you talk and the more you get oxygen into your mouth. So start talking, Michael. Start moving your mouth. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I get a pretty good burn on the back end. Uh, I think that may hide a little bit of the flavor. Right. On the finish, uh, where it's a little hot on the back end of it, it I'd say it doesn't. It sips a little hotter than one fourteen. Now one fourteen's hot, but I feel like it's towards the back end. If it's more like the one eighteens, the one twenties that we've had. Um, I don't know if I can agree with you there. I think I I know what you're talking about on that burn. As I'm saying that, I took a fresh sip and now I'm talking. My tongue's just tingling. Yeah. See. See what <laughs> I, I mean. The pop rocks. Yeah, pop rocks going, but that's all. That's all I'm getting is the pop rocks. Um, I think it's got good flavor up front. I think this tastes like what you would expect bourbon to taste like. Um, would you say this is one fourteen proof? I would guess that's one fourteen point six. Yeah, probably about where I'd guess it to be. Maybe up there, like you said, one eighteen, but no higher than that. 
Um, but otherwise, flavor it's a, it's a it's a good um, typical bourbon flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. not overwhelmed, like you said. It's not a five tool guy. Um, if you want, I can jump right in, and I'm, I I think I just gotta give this guy a bench player for me. You go on a bench. Yeah. So Michael just gave this a rating of a bench. So if you're new to the podcast, we have a five tiered rating scale, and it's based off of baseball because why not? Um, top of the charts is Hall of Famer. There's only one percent of the big leaguers that make it into the game that go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so rarely going to have that. We haven't rated one of those yet. Next is All Star. You've got All Stars on your team, uh, and then Everyday Player is everybody has players in their lineup that may not be an All Star. But it's good enough to be on your team day in and day out. And that's what we call one of those everyday shelfers, right? You're always going to have that bottle on your shelf. And, Michael, can you explain what bench means? That's what you just rated this. Yes. So barrel batch 34, bench player. A bench player is someone who you who has a great value to the team um, in certain situations. Right. And then... So it's not it's not a, it's not a dig at it. It's just not something that you're gonna kill. Something that you would enjoy every day. It's maybe a, like, kind of you can think of it as like a dessert bourbon. Maybe you go to a dessert bourbon every now and then. You go to a honey bourbon every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's something that you like to have on your shelf to change up the the pace. You know that that starting pitchers. About to go through that lineup a third time. Maybe it's a good to get a change of pace in there and bring mm-hmm. a, a reliever in. Yeah, so. and and that's what you rated this. And then last is a designate for assignment DFA. That's uh, cut from the team. Basically, get off my shelf, go to somebody else's house, or as Michael likes to do, clean his dishes. As far as my thoughts, <laughs> um, I teeter back bef- between an everyday player and a bench on this. I th- I think that if you're looking for something that's got that bourbon note and uh, a higher proof pour to it, right? Right. This is right up your alley. Uh, If you're looking for a little more complexity, like I think we're used to from barrel craft spirits, I'd say maybe it's lacking a little bit in that. Uh, I would probably prefer 33 to 34 just off of my palate. Not by much. I'm going to go with the bench as well. I think this is a good bottle. I would buy it, uh, but I wouldn't go to it all the time. I, I've been telling myself I'm backing off on the batch 33 because I don't want to drink the rest of it because I want to have some still. But right. this is one where I wouldn't probably say, ah, no, don't drink it tonight because it's that good. I want to savor it. So that's why I'm going to give it a bench. Yeah, still something you'd recommend to to someone. Hey, I found this. Would you recommend it that it's good? You say, yeah, it's good. Yeah, oh, for um, sure. If somebody asked me uh, to pick between this and something different, I would probably go say, grab this, put this in your cart and go to the front and go pay for it. Especially yeah. at 85 bucks, this is not bad. That's where a lot of these, this has got 15-year-old juice in it. So I was just about to say that, yep. It's, it's been around a while, 10 years and 15 years to the uh, to the batch. Um, I Also six and eight-year bourbon. But uh, yeah, I, I would say grab a bottle. I just don't think it's going to be one that you're, pouring every day so to speak right i I think this is this is missing if this was a little bit stronger oak for me and then something uh a little bit more a heavier fruit to finish um it's just it's a two it's a two 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 tooled bourbon for me but it's a it's a classic bourbon taste yeah Um, but it's it's nothing that is very different than something else 
Right. It doesn't make it stand out as much as something else we've had, or uh, it kind of matches uh, a couple other things that you could find on the shelf. Right. Like 1792 sitting behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you again to yes, Barrelcraft Spirits for sending over uh, this sample of Batch 34. I would buy a bottle if I find it. Whenever I find it, I'll buy a bottle. So thank you to Barrel for sending that over. And if you want to listen to other of our podcasts, you can find those on YouTube. We've got some of them that are just straight reviews and ratings, and there's others that are mixed with baseball as well, just like this episode is going to be. And this is where we transition over to the baseball portion with a trivia question. I uh, found this one on Twitter the other day, Michael. Since the start of 2017, only two players in the major leagues have amassed more than 400 extra base hits. Who are they? Since 2017. All right. I want extra base hits. I'm going to say... Bryce Harper is one, and the other who's been a st- and Jose Ramirez. Are those your final answers? That was my final answers. One of two, and Jose Ramirez is one of the correct answers. He's actually the I one who guessed. has the most at four hundred and twenty-eight. I think what you're forgetting is Harper has missed a decent amount of time. That was Not only my this year. Yeah. But in previous years, he had the thumb injury last year, right? Didn't he break his hand yep. or something? And he also has dealt with uh, when he hyperextended his knee at first base. Remember when he slipped on the ring game a couple of years ago and hurt his knee? This was a name that surprised me. Nolan Arenado okay. at 405. So 428 for Jose Ramirez, 405. That's coming into play tonight uh, currently it is April 26th, Wednesday at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, so that's what the You're statistics expecting that were. to change? <laughs> no, I was just saying expecting... those numbers as of right now. Because someone gotcha. may go look it up and be like, no, Jose Ramirez has 430. Well, he hit two doubles tonight. I don't know. But... 426, 23, 8, 11 p.m. Central Time. Yes. <laughs> Central Time. <laughs> yeah, those two power-hitting third basemen who have been great for a long time. It, mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez would probably have more MVP uh, wins if it was not for Mike Trout winning or, so many. Or Aaron Judge, right? Or Aaron Judge, right? Uh, for Jose Ramirez, he's put up consistent great seasons every year. I bet he's finished in the top five. Um, since like 2016. Every year since 2017. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. So those were the two answers, Jose Ramirez and Nolan Arenado. So as we twist and turn back into baseball, uh, the Rays continue to be the hot name in baseball right now. They had that amazing start where they went undefeated, and then they have been undefeated at home until yesterday where they lost their first game to the Astros, and I believe they lost tonight. Let me just double-check the scoreboard, but they were down one to nothing to the Astros as we began recording the podcast, and it does look like that they have lost again. So they are currently 20-5. and five. After losing so they, tonight. So they've played which, 25 games. Yes. Right. Only nine of those games are against teams who are currently above 500. Correct. So if but you look you at their can, hot start. You can only you, you can only play the teams on your schedule, though. Right? Right, so. right, right. But the, the, they went undefeated playing Detroit. Nationals. Washington. Yep. Oakland. And Boston, and their first. And I believe they played Kansas City too, didn't they? 
Uh, no, they, they didn't play Kansas City. They didn't play when Casey. they finally faced a team that was maybe running, actually trying for the year in Toronto, is when they got their loss, and mm-hmm. they went one and two right away against them. And then they lost the game to the Reds, and now they've lost two in a row to the Astros. But still, incredible. I believe that fourteen and zero, right, right, fourteen and zero at home is insane. Um, now they're fourteen and two after losing to the Astros, but they continue to look good. They're hitting home runs every game too. Tonight, I believe, is the first game, unless they didn't do it last night, that they didn't have a home run to start the season. They had twenty three straight games at least with a home run which I believe broke the record as well. I was just about to say, I think it, it broke, it did break the record. So insane stuff out of there. They're hitting the ball. They're scoring. Their pitching has been great. They, they won by four plus runs. How many times before they finally lost? Right. Like right. they've and been crushing teams. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta beat the, you gotta make sure you win those games against the crappy teams mm-hmm. and don't lose at home. That's a recipe for success right there. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of the recipe for success, a team out of nowhere, the Pittsburgh Pirates, is basically the team that has been on my mind for the last week. They went on a seven-game winning streak until they lost last night to the Dodgers. But as we speak right now, they're in the bottom of the eighth, and they're leading the Dodgers 8-1. to one. There we So go. they're likely to go to 17-8 and eight on the season. That would be good enough for first in the division because they're already atop the division uh, over the Brewers who are 16-9. and nine. But that team, who would have thunk? And they've been crushing the ball, not just winning. They've been destroying the ball. They are up there in run scored. They, uh, they're not in the bottom of run scored either. Um, but just to do it again i'm gonna poo poo all over the pittsburgh pirates they've haven't played good teams they've played seven games against teams that are above 507 not counting tonight i think i did my notes here they played the reds the red Sox, the white Sox, the cardinals the rockies and the reds again now again like you said the recipe for success beat the crappy teams win at home mm-hmm. and that's what the pirates have done you got to make sure you beat those the bad teams um, but the two good teams they've played, or actually just one, the Astros, they went one and two against. You could um, say the Dodgers so that the, they're one and one against. So um, not the poop well over, but they have right. only played. But hey, that's what you're, it doesn't doesn't matter. You, they're winning, like you said. You can't control your schedule. You play it is, and they're in first place with the best record in the NL. Mm-hmm. And uh, they thought, have no one would have thought that. No, and they have the second hardest hit rate in baseball. I actually uh, had a comment not age very well at the very beginning of the year when they told, um, I can't remember who it was, that he made the opening day. Oh, it was Mitch, that Mitch Keller was going to start opening day. <laughs> they did that video of him in the coach's office and like surprised him with it. And I made a comment on Instagram on the page that he was hoping the news was actually him being traded. <laughs> well, he's pitching pretty and well right someone now. someone commented, Four, three to four weeks later, but the Pirates have the best record in the NL. And I had to reply, like, of course it's easy to say that now, <laughs> but looking back, would you put money on the Pirates right. to be in first place at the end of April? I, no. I don't think so anybody I, someone, Yeah, someone else commented, yeah, uh, yeah BNB Burns, uh, this comment didn't age very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Sorry, buddy. But that's pretty funny. Uh, you got to get called out when you make a mistake, right? Or you say something that right. looks dumb in hindsight, right? Like, who knows? Nobody would have picked the Pirates at this point. Uh, but it was good enough that they extended their manager and also big extension yesterday. Brian Reynolds, after asking for a trade in the offseason, signs an eight-year $106.7 million deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates, which goes down as the largest contract ever given out by the team. Uh, they are the fourth last to give out a $100 million contract because there are still three teams who have yet to do it. And they're pretty much Terrible. the three, Terrible. Come three on. cheapest teams out there. The Oakland Athletics, the Kansas City Royals, and the Chicago White Sox. Terry Ryan start Benintendi is the highest amount that's ever been given out, and that, that was seventy-five is just million. Just pathetic. Yeah. The Reds, so, the White Sox had such a roster, and all they had to do is spend a little money. Mm-hmm. Pathetic. Yeah. Jerry Reinsdorf, man. But to to put the focus back on the Pirates, I I noticed you said that you think the Pirates got a steal in this deal. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the superstars, Brian Reynolds has, is playing. He steals bases. He hits home runs. He hits for average. Um, so he's – how many tools did I just – he plays play center field, right? Mm-hmm. So I think he's at in least left field. Four, he's in left field. Okay, so he's got at least four, three, maybe four tools there. I don't know what is – you know, if you could what's, – what's the five tools? Hit, power, run, arm, arm field. Mm-hmm. So he's – I would say he's got – Minimum three, max four. You could even argue that he has five tools. And the Pirates are getting him for $13 million a year when mm-hmm. Bryce Harper is getting 25 Jason Hayward's getting $23. Um, got some guys like him are getting close to $30 a million a year. And the Pirates are getting him for thir- under $14 million a year. So I think it's the Pirates did well. Um, I don't know if, if Brian wanted to just guarantee money and yeah, guarantees yourself wrong with that. guarantees yourself a lot of money he uh I mean, is going to make 106 million dollars so nothing hard to, to turn that down at. right, right. Uh, especially when you've been hoping to move on and your team's finally doing well and this beats the other guy that they extended last year I believe they extended Cabrian Hayes for 70 million uh I believe that was 7 years and 70 million dollars and then the other account the highest that they've ever paid a uh, player before that was Jason Kendall at six years, 60 million back in 2000, I believe. So, and the, the thing about the pirates to me is they don't spend it on free agents. I believe Francisco Liriano at $38 million is the highest free agent contract that they've ever given out. Just spend, you don't have to spend astronomical amount of money. Look the raise, right? Raise. They don't. I mean, they don't spend money either. But no. still, if your t- if your window's open, spend it. Right. And so maybe now this is showing to other players that hey, we're Brian Reynolds decided to stay here. He wanted to compete. And well, McC- McCutcheon it. coming back too probably helps, right? Like he wouldn't come back if he didn't like the organization, right? Right, he loved his time there, and he's having a great year. He's having a good renaissance year back. Because uh, to be honest, towards the end of his time with Pittsburgh, when they got rid of him, I think they traded him to the Giants for Brian Reynolds. He was part of that. For Brian Reynolds, that's right. It was Brian Reynolds uh, and Kyle Crick. So yeah, uh, so 
he's basically paid for that trade of McCutcheon, and you get him for another eight years from here. Um, I hope that they start spending money in other spots, right? You've got O'Neill Cruz, who you would hope that they, as a Pirates fan, you would hope that they're locking him up here shortly. I think you need some better pitching uh, for sure. But, hey, you've got some good young players. The NL Central, to be honest, is not the biggest powerhouse, right? Look at the Cardinals. They've right. fallen off uh, with Yachty leaving. You're going to have Wayno leave next year. The Brewers, they're always – how much more are they going to spend, right? And even towards the end of last year, they kind of fell off the Reds. And then the Cubs haven't been competitive until earlier this year since the middle of 2021. So that division wants to be taken over. And I'm happy for Pirates fans because I do notice a lot more of them in the stands. And PNC Park, as I believe I mentioned on our Instagram Live, but also I believe I mentioned it here before, PNC Park is my favorite park and stadium that I've been to so far. So it's good to see people there. And it's not like the Pirates are bad at developing guys. You look at they drafted and developed Garrett Cole, Tyler Glass now, Mitch Keller's a good pitcher, Jameson Tayon, Tayon, Tayon. It gets you every time. Every um, time. Newman, I mean, they're not, they just don't know how to spend Adam Frazier. when it's at the right time. Adam Frazier. Right? They could have continued that Garrett Cole window instead of getting rid of him for, I think, Cole Tucker. Cole Tucker um, and Joe Musgrove, I believe. Right. And JP Moran was part of that deal, too. Just add more. Just spend spend some money. Garrett Cole wasn't walking out the door. They they got rid of him, before, you know, with multi years left. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. So hopefully, yeah. Pirates just you know this is a sign that hey Brian Reynolds is pulling the Tom Brady. He's getting his money, but he's doing a low AAV so that the Pirates can sign guys around him. Yeah, you know that's what Tom Brady was never. It was always restructuring his contract. So that they could afford guys around him instead mm-hmm. of being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And you can't afford guys around him. You're like, why, do, why, why don't you guys give me a wide receiver? So right. We're paying you $40 million a year. <laughs> well, this has been the football portion of our Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast. From Sorry, Michael Tom Burns. Brady's just the easiest like, yes. example I know, I've I totally know what you mean. Uh, but yeah. they also extended Derek Shelton, who was up at the end of this year. He hasn't had the best start to his career i think he's like 100 games below 500 uh for a career record coming into this year so it hasn't been the best start but he's been doing pretty well so far right you can only beat the teams that are on your schedule so congrats to the pirates congrats to brian reynolds uh i'd like to see them continue this a little longer maybe through may right that just i've been posting on our facebook account uh I think when these teams are competitive, it's good for baseball because I like parity. I don't like always seeing the same three, four, or five teams always at the top because uh, that's what makes it a little more boring, right? Like, oh, yep, here are the Dodgers again, but the Padres right. spending money or the Pirates at the top or the Baltimore Orioles coming back or even when the A's were good a couple of years ago, uh, Seattle last year, right? And the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays always seemed to be the doormat for most of my lifetime, at least. Early 90s, yep. they won the World Series, but... It's fun to see other teams have success. And even though the Pirates are in the Cubs division, I'm excited for the Pirates because it's fun to see them competitive. I'd rather see 
like it was 2015, where the, there was three teams that came out and made the playoffs, and they all had 97 plus wins, and that right. was that was a fun, that was a great that was playoff. Fun. It was so much more like competitive from a Cubs mm-hmm. fan standpoint, just like the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves. That's what it was. Right. The now it's the Dodgers, the Padres, and it's been the Diamondbacks, the Giants, back and forth. And the Diamondbacks this year, right? Like they're at top Diamondbacks of the charts. This year, right. So. Uh, good good for baseball when there's that kind of parity, especially when it's the teams that have been at the bottom for so long, like the Diamondbacks and the Pirates and the Orioles, to finally be jumping up. Uh, even, you could say, this year, the Texas Rangers, right? Until they just got swept by the Reds, they were one of the hottest teams in baseball. Uh, they just got swept by the Reds, but they were like 16-7 and seven coming into this week or something along those lines. And at the top of that division... Uh, and I still think they lead that division, even though they lost. They're fourteen and ten, so they were fourteen and seven coming into the uh, to the week. They been... won six of their last seven until that sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they got walked off twice by the Reds. So uh, kind of fluky, right? But you've got to beat right. those teams, um, even though it was on the road here in Cincinnati. But Adelise Garcia had a day. Did you see what yeah. he did on Saturday? I saw he, at least the minimum I saw, he did hit with three home runs. Three home runs and two doubles. So he did the same thing Chris Bryant did um, with the Bryant full house. being the first one to do it, right? The full house with the doubles and the home runs with three home runs. He uh, knocked in eight, and he also uh, just had a day. Uh, he was the first one to do it in the American League. Really? Yeah. I didn't so know Chris that was such, Chris such a was, feat. Yeah. Uh, 18 total bases because of the three home runs and the doubles. So just so Chris Bryant was the first ever to do it. Mm-hmm. Really, I didn't know against that. the Reds. I think that was 2016. Yep, it was the Reds. It was. I know it was the Reds in, in Cincinnati. Great American. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I remember everyone that likes with... hitting in Great American. What's that? Anybody can hit there. No, I said everybody loves to hit a Great American. Except the Reds players, apparently. So except the Reds pitchers. Yeah, oh yeah, that too. Um, but <laughs> Adelise Garcia, the uh, the Rangers had been a nice story uh, as I mentioned up until this sweep. Uh, Garcia won AL Player of the Week. He had four home runs. He had an average of four hundred. Dude had himself a week last week. Right, and then and how about the next guy on the NL side who had a week in Max yeah. Muncy? Not only did he have a week. He had a series. The series he had versus the Cubs here at Wrigley was ridiculous. He had like That's... four bombs. He had a home run every game. He is he leading? No, he didn't home run. He he didn't hit a home run in game two, but he hit a home run. He hit four home runs. He's leading the league at least, I think, right? Didn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what let's say. He was leading the league at one point. Yeah, he's got eleven uh, home runs. Alonzo's got ten in second. Who's got? Who's tied with him at ten though? Uh, nobody. Oh, I thought it was Patrick. I thought it was Pete Wizzy. Wisdom endeavors are both at nine in third, and then Rowdy Rudy Telez in fifth with eight. So what's funny about Rowdy is he's hit all his home runs against lefties. And he's seen, a lefty. Yeah, he he's he's hitless against righties. That's insane. Hitless, and I could be flip flopping lefty righty there, but he's got seven home runs against one hand. Zero hits against the other in nine games. That's crazy. So yeah. Adelise, player of the week, he batted 400. He had four home runs. He drove in 14 last week, and he had eight runs. 
while Max Muncy wins NL Player of the Week with a batting average of 389, five bombs. He didn't hit as many RB, or he did not knock in as many, only seven. So that's half of what Adelise drove in. But he walked nine times. Walked. You know what? You know what's pathetic is a guy in my fantasy league had both those guys and still lost that week. <laughs> because the rest <laughs> of his team is probably trash. But uh, nonetheless. Typical. Uh, speaking of Max Muncy, before this week, you know what he did? Um, I know he was destroying the San Francisco Giants. He was doing in that. In San Francisco. He was doing that. But not only did he do that, he had a baby. And he is one of four Dodgers who have gone on the paternity list in the last week and a half. Uh, Gratterall, uh, some Evans guy, I think, and Mookie Betts. Yep. And then Cody Bellinger, who was also on the Dodgers last year, just went on paternity list. Nine months ago was the All-Star break, Michael. Sounds like the Dodgers had a little bit of themselves a sex session. <laughs> that, 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 that's not a coincidence. They had to have something going on in the clubhouse, like first one to get I, pregnant I or know. something. A bet? Do you think there's a bet in the clubhouse? A first one to get pregnant? No. Who, yeah. I, I, I don't even. I don't even know. The best tweet I saw was last year at, at um, the All Star break. Last year, someone gave an oral speech for the All Star <laughs> break, and someone said, "I don't think it was oral." <laughs> Uh, are we gonna have to cut that out of the podcast (laughs) brandon marks down this one is not for kids not for kids need to make sure that that on youtube is marked uh that's incredible oh boy well uh Speaking so next that, on the agenda, Brandon. Yes, next on uh, the agenda. Um, no, before I jump into that, another thing I did want to point out with the Pirates. Did you see the with the, the Pirates? Player, yeah, Drew Maggie, who just got called up, thirteen-year career in the minors, one thousand one hundred fifty-four games. Notification too. But uh, yeah, well, I also forgot to put it on our agenda. But yes, he finally made his big league uh, appearance at thirty-three years old. Can you like? Can you imagine? Like what that has to feel like. That's my age. That's me basically getting called up after playing in the minors the, for the last the 13 years. The fact that he didn't give up because how hard, I mean, right. minor leagues, riding the buses is no great show. you know. Oh, yeah. It's no so, easy feat. And to do that for 13 years. But cheers to him. I'm going to dedicate this pour and this this glass that I still have a little bit of whiskey left in. Cheers to you, Drew. Um, congrats on getting called up. Did you see the video of him getting called up in the locker no, room? No, was you think it was him hoping to get traded so he get <laughs> called up or Uh no, the coach was talking about how he loves getting the chance to coach players and also help bring them up to the majors and he goes the first person that I get to tell is Drew and like the dude just lost it crying at, I at bet. his locker. Oh, absolutely. Um and the lovely game. Awesome. And how can you not be romantic about baseball, right? <laughs> Sounds like the Dodgers were pretty romantic nine months ago. Hey-o! Hey-o! Cheers. Speaking of the Dodgers, they just left Chicago, but the Chicago Cubs um, have a very good pitcher on their team, and I would call him towards the top of the charts. Justin Steele last night with another five and one-thirds innings of shutout baseball. He's had a start to the season, which is fantastic, but it doesn't just – go to the start of the season 
it goes all the way to last year at the All-Star break. He's had a right. 1.08 ERA since then. And then also, if you go back to July 1st, he leads all qualified starters, all qualified starters within the uh, the ERA. He's at 1.39, I believe. And that tops Justin Verlander. That tops Clayton Kershaw, Shohei Otani. Insane stuff. Are you telling me the Cubs actually developed a pitcher? Yes, I'm telling you the Cubs actually developed a pitcher. Yeah, that guy. And for you said dating back to July 1st, 1.39 ERA. Yeah. Now his ERA right now is 1.19, and his yeah. WHIP is 0.89. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, dude, it's been dude insane. is shoving. Dude is shoving. Yeah, he's he's had an incredible six or eight month stretch since he uh, he really. Came, I think he was injured early last year, or I know they shut him down at the end of the year, didn't they? I can't I can't say with confidence because I wouldn't doubt it because the Cubs weren't trying last year. Right. But, uh, gosh, Brandon, I got something in my hands here. It just won't won't come off. And, and what, oh, oh, it's just like uh, Max Serger. Our next topic <laughs> here: the guy got suspended for ten games for yeah. sticky stuff. So, what do you think? Like, do you think he? Had sticky stuff. Do I don't you think? think? I don't. So, from what I've seen in the talks, it wasn't spider tack or anything, but he found a new form of sticky that is, in a way, he says it was just rosin. I've just used a lot of sweat and rosin. Mm-hmm. Well, the story actually coming out now is if you put rubbing alcohol on your hands and then rosin, it forms much stickier. Mm hmm. So do you have rosin, Michael? Do you have rosin? No, I was just, I was just, that was oh. just a second, no, a, a leeway there, Brandon, into our, into the next uh, player there. But the only, the only thing I'll give the serger, of course, hey, you're always, if you're not trying to look for the next advantage, mm-hmm. are you really if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? Well, not cheating, but if you're not <laughs> like the Cubs did, they they drafted, you know, a certain the tank. They were one of the guys who tanked and. Early t- 2010s. Yeah. And I don't like seeing your reaction there because I know you're ahead of me in, in the Cubs game yeah. as Tatis here takes a pitch and the Padres yeah. are going to take the lead. Yep, four to three uh, at the time of this recording. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're looking for that advantage. Uh, maybe Joe Girardi was onto something last year when he he was the one who went after Scherzer, I think, earlier in the year before he got fired. And Scherzer and him had words back and forth um, while they were playing I each won't other. Get, I won't say too much that it's Scherzer because it's only three players have ever been caught with sticky substance and been ejected. And they've all been by the same umpire. Phil Cuzzy. Phil Cuzzy. So who you know knows why? if it's you Phil? Know why? why? It's because he's jealous. <laughs> he's jealous? Why is he jealous? I was making a joke on his name. Man, your wheels in your head are not turning today. Who's jealous? Phil Puzzy? It's because he's jealous. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll <laughs> give it to you there. That, that, that was there. Yep. But it, as he, so see, it, <laughs> your it, wheels today. It, your wheels. Is it Puzzy? Maybe I'm, I wasn't, I was looking on the Phil part more. Oh. But so is it, is it Phil being too cuff on pitchers? Like, hey, maybe it was just rosin and sweat or maybe he it was rubbing alcohol and sweat 
But that's not breaking. That's not breaking the rules of going mm-hmm. and water, pouring alcohol, clean, cleaning right. your hands with something. Well, they told him to cl- go and wash his hands. So what if he washed it with the rubbing alcohol? Right. That, and that's a cl- that's a cleanser. A well, way. that's how you would get sticky hands. stuff off your hands, theoretically, right? Right. Well, you so, want to burn it all off. So yes. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be. I'm not marking Serger, cheater, right here. Right. I'm saying there might be need to be a clarification here. Uh, hey, you know. If if they if that if that's the case, they need to go write a rule. It says before pitchers take the mound, they must write wash their hands with Dawn soap for, that saves the ducks, and then walk out there. Otherwise, Dawn soap. that's in the be, rule book. Always going to be something. Yeah, uh, right. there's pitchers always going to be something. Pitchers must wash their hands with with yeah. X before going out there. So I'm not going to mark Serger there. It's not bad. He did get a 10-game suspension. Um, a lot of people are like, that's lofty. Well, that's basically a two-game suspension for a starter because right. every fifth day would be a start. So he misses two games. Um, it would be like a position player getting a two-game suspension um, in this case. So I think that that probably fits. Uh, I don't know about the other two pitchers who got ejected, if they got suspended or what their suspensions were, but – you normally can give a relief pitcher a little bit lower of a uh, suspension because they're not like a starter and they pitch potentially back-to-back days or every three days or every two days. So Max Scherzer suspended for 10 games. Earlier this year when we were talking, uh, I know we had talked about the Mariners and their outfield, uh, and there was a guy we talked about, Jared Kelenic, who had had a rough start to his career. Right? He was, wasn't he the number one prospect in baseball? When they brought him up, or was he in the? Top? He wasn't number one. No, but he was in the top one. three, I want to say. Top three, um, but yes. he's having a hell of a start to the year. His numbers: oh. seven home runs. He's batting three forty two with fourteen RBIs. He's stolen three bases. He's got an OPS right now of one point one two one, and he's already amassed a one point two WAR in seventy five at bats. Is this Jared Kelenic? Is this is this the guy? Is this what we should expect going forward? I'm trying to hold all reactions to stuff till the month of May. But it sure looks like Jared Kalanick is finally Jared Kalanick that the Mariners thought they were getting two years ago. Mm-hmm. He came um, up and, as and a really, rookie. Yeah. yeah, it's really unfortunate because I did draft him in fantasy. And in the first week, he had a 50% strikeout rate in the first week. Yeah. So the dude was batting atrocious the first week. And so that says even more to what he's been doing week two, three, and four. Yep. He he turned it around right before the Cubs series is when he was really starting to put the bat on the ball. And he hit that monster home run at Wrigley to center field. Did you see where that Schwarber ball lasted? No. Yeah, the, that was a, a Schwarber bomb. Did you see the other one? He hit two. He hit one on the scoreboard. But did you see the one he hit to center field? No. It went just below the scoreboard 482 feet which is the longest ever in statcast era yeah insane unreal that is yeah that's a bomb so to put this in perspective he's got seven home runs this year in 21 games he played 54 games last year and he hit seven home runs he played 93 games in 2021. He hit 14 home runs, but both of those years he hit under 200. He hit 141 last year, and he hit 181 in his rookie year. He's 
striking out 20 times out of those 81 plate appearances. So he strikes out about one in four plate appearances. That's one in three and a half at bats because he's batted 73 times. He's still striking out, but he's finally hitting for power. His OPS last year was 534. I think this probably isn't... His slugging percentage is over that. Yeah, his slugging percentage is 726 right now. And it lead, <laughs> that leads the league along with his OPS plus and his OPS so far through the first 21 games that he's played. That's hot. That, that's good to see. Part of Seattle hasn't been playing well. Their pitching has been meh outside of Castillo. Uh, but at least he's starting to come around. That would be good news for the Seattle Mariners, right? If he's going to be that way, if Julio's going to be him, uh, if, if your players that have been who they've been the last couple of weeks in the last couple of years, you, a Eugenio, uh, I think, uh, who else? The lefty Jeff, Jesse Winker. You've got some guys on that team. Ty France, uh, that Seattle Mariners. Julio's, that outfield, Julio, uh, Oscar. Yeah. And Jared could mm-hmm. be one of, arguably one of the best outfielders in the game, mm-hmm. wise. Yeah, f- oh, um, for sure. Unfortunately, I, Julio, um, who had a MVP type of the year last year, yeah, is having a little bit of a sophomore slump to start the year. He's only hitting two thirty five, um, right. striking out twenty five percent of the time, which isn't terrible in today's no. game. Twenty five percent, but not bad. Um, you you would hope you'd like be... to see the average higher, right? For sure. And like you said just a couple of minutes ago, hard to look at statistics through the first couple of weeks of April. There's a lot of noise there. Um, small weather. sample size, especially cold weather. And that's a Cubs thing, too, is the Cubs have hit so well this year to start the year, and they haven't even made it to their warmer summer months that they normally start to put the ball in the stands. So, Chicago has warm summer months or month? Months. Yeah. Oh, have you you July, August, and September in Chicago can get hot. Even late June, man. Global warming, but we're not going to get late into that. June. We're not going to get into that. But yeah, good for Kellenick. I'd like to continue to see him do this over the next couple of weeks and really live up to the guy that he he was built. Yeah, you hate to, to be, see right? sub top top uh, touted guys fall flat like he did his first two mm-hmm. years. Um, you like to see these guys break out like he is. That's that's great. Yeah. And speaking of great, maybe incredible, maybe maybe a Hall of Famer, yeah. uh, Clayton Kershaw. He's got 201 wins now, but he won his 200th game, I think, immediately after our podcast last week. Uh, so he's at 200 wins, which made me like question. He's only 200. So off of the 200 win mark. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, right? Because he's not in the 300-win club. He's not up there. But then you look at the rest of his statistics. And Boog Shambi asked on the Sunday broadcast while he was playing and pitching, do you think oh, – he, he said he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I was just like, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? And it, like, it, question, I, like it, I took a step back for a second. What do you think? Like right off the bat, first ballot Hall of Famer, go. Knowing um, he was – one of the best pitchers of our generation, just knowing that year in, year out, he was a young candidate. Yep. Um, I would immediately think yes, without even looking at the numbers. The numbers are insane outside of the wins. I just, I just listed his stats and said, Hey, without, without looking at his stats, I would. And yeah. go. Yeah. So 
without looking at his stats, you say he is in. I'm, I The only thing that I questioned was the wins, right? Like the pitcher win has not been what it used to be over the last decade or so. Oh, for because, sure. Because of bullpens, because of pitch counts and all that. But I looked at his statistics. Dude is a beast. He's got 15 complete game shutouts in his career. Uh, which Not just complete games. Complete, complete game, game shutouts. shutouts. 25 complete games. In 2,612 innings, he has struck in out 2,839. So he's almost to 3,000 strikeouts, which is kind of a benchmark. And he's not right. likely uh-huh. – I doubt he gets to it this year because that would mean he has to strike out another 170, and he hasn't done that. That would mean he's had 200 strikeouts. He hasn't done that since 2017. But, but he also hasn't been healthy really since 2017 with the back. Right. So I don't and, think it's unreal for him to get 200 strikeouts. But is he going to stay healthy? The la- he did pitch 228 games in 2019. Uh, but he hasn't pitched more than 22 since. Um, he's pitched five this year. I, I would expect some time on the DL for him. Back issues always pop up. I don't think yeah. he gets to 3,000 this year. But besides the point, his career whip, Michael, career, not just season, Career is one point zero zero zero. Zero zero. There it is. Yes. That's what you that's the benchmark right there. One point oh whip. Anything near one is fantastic. Right, but, but right for there. a career. A sixteen. Well, how many career, innings pitch does he have in career? twenty six hundred. Um and he has almost that he's so he's he's got a great K rate. Yeah, oh he's striking out more than nine per nine. Uh and he's only walked, I believe, six hundred and thirty nine. At the 634, he's got 201 wins to 88 losses. At career ERA is 248, 248 for an ERA. He is, I believe, it's eight-time All-Star, three-time Cy Young, and he won the MVP in uh, 2014. I believe he won the MVP. So not only did he win the Cy Young, but he won the freaking MVP. He's yeah, got he's got co- my vote. Yeah, he's got a career strikeout of 9.8. Per nine, so basically ten strikeouts per nine innings, which is insane. Yep, he'd yeah. get my after, vote as well. Looking through the stats, there he's got my vote. After what some of he could retire I'm, I'm now. Dump on some, dump on some guys. Yeah, he could retire now. I'm not trying to dump on some guys who've gotten in recently, but Clayton Kershaw, based on some other guys who've gotten in, deserved it. Oh, for sure. So uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. Yep, uh, I agree as well. He's he's been the best pitcher of our era. Him and probably Verlander, right? Between those, and we two. we won't get into uh, Kershaw's playoff record though in stats. We won't. Well, he's won a World Series. He's won a World Series, and you don't get elected by your playoff stats. You shouldn't be, <laughs> right? You shouldn't. No, be. no. But yeah. Uh, also, uh, another statistic I saw: Boog Shambay was talking about it during the Cubs broadcast. He in his career has had 12 seasons of a sub-3 ERA. Even through the juice ball era. Yeah. He, yes. He's pitched. Put that again in perspective. 12 seasons of a sub-3 ERA. That's only been done by two other people, Roger Clemens and Tom Seaver since 1913. So uh, you had to have a minimum of 10 starts in each season. He's at five starts right now. He's at a sub three ERA. If he, if he continues that this year, he'll be the only one to ever make it to 13 seasons of that. So yes, first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh wow! Yeah, insane. Uh, I knew he was great. 
I knew he was the best for a long time, but I didn't realize how great. Because you hear 201 wins, and you would think Maddox and Glavin and all those pitchers that got 300-plus, right? So, like, why isn't he there? Partially the injuries, but I think also – Different game. Yeah, it is a different game. You're getting pulled earlier. You're not allowed to stay deeper in the games. How many of those games maybe you think he pitched where he left in the seventh inning and it was tied 0-0 or 1-2 or 2-1 to one, uh, where he it's, was down yeah, and that, they came back, right? It's the analytical world now where you don't see sacrifice buns. You don't see the stolen bases until this year because analytically it didn't make sense. Right. So Clayton Kershaw pitches for the Dodgers. They're a California team. Speaking of California teams, did you see the statistic going into this weekend about the teams in California? They were all below 500? Yeah, until the Dodgers beat the Cubs on Sunday. They were all below 500. All five teams. The Giants. Good riddance. (laughs) Good riddance. The Giants, the Padres, (laughs) the Athletics, the Angels, uh, and the Dodgers. But they – ooh, get out, Nico. Get out. And it was out. It was just foul. Uh, Wow. uh, It looked like he was going to hit a home run. So uh, we're doing play-by-play as you're listening. Uh, But so the California teams had been underperforming. The Padres started to pick it up as of late. The Dodgers have picked it up as late. But still, they're nowhere near the top of that division. That's dominated by the Diamondbacks, who are not in California. But another California team, the Oakland A's. The big news, if you haven't seen it already, not only are they off to a horrid start, but they also uh, plan to move to Las Vegas, I believe by 2027 is what I read. Um, And they're likely going to start out. Well, they said they might even move before that and play in the AAA team facilities. Oh. And I actually saw something today that was kind of funny and actually could make sense. Why doesn't the minor league team in Vegas and the Oakland baseball team in Oakland, just flip-flop and let Oakland play in Vegas and the AAA team play in Oakland. Um, They'd probably pull the, enough crowd in, in Las Vegas. Right, you know? right. But the, the, it's tough for me because it's always been the Oakland A's for me, for you as well, right? We didn't see the Philadelphia A's. You asked last night on Instagram Live if they'd change the athletics. I don't think so. I think they'll be the Las, Las Vegas Athletics. I mean, they could change their name. I I just think since they traveled from Philadelphia as the Athletics to Oakland, you just keep that name with the franchise. What do you think? I think so. Yeah, they're not an expansion team, so why would you change the name? It's still the same team moving. Like the Florida Marlins changed it to Miami Marlins with their new state with their new stadium. They changed uh, to Miami, or was that before that? I think it was before. Eh. It, it was right around the same time. I think they were the Miami Marlins before they moved into the new stadium, but you'd have to double-check that. Right. I think it's the only city. I mean, of course, the Angels, Anaheim to Los right. Angeles. To uh, Los the Montreal Angeles, Expos Angels became Anaheim. the Washington Nationals. Okay, so that is a difference there. The team did move, yeah. and they changed name. So I think... For a history standpoint, you'd want to change for what's going on in the world right now politically and everything. Who knows what this team name would be allowed to be? (laughs) (laughs) It would have to be so generic. And athletics are very generic, so there you go. That's probably what would get the number one vote anyways. Yeah, I I think they should stay the A's, the Vegas A's, right? You can also almost say the A's is the aces, right, if you wanted to. 
uh, and go show. I like the Aces. Uh, I think that's or... that's what the basketball team is. I think the uh, women's basketball team. I think they're the Vegas Aces. I saw something about the Las Vegas Diamonds or something like that. That wouldn't be bad, but I I still think the athletics for history perspective and just like nostalgia, they're the A's. Now, would you I, you mentioned the A's were off to a horrid start. Yes. Those A's have played good teams. Like I said, how the Pirates have played bad teams. Mm-hmm. Oakland has played good teams. As I went through and was looking at doing, um, doing like a, a power ranking of of teams, Oakland was on every single good team that they've played. Every good team. Yeah, they have gotten so, a rough schedule. Yes, and so not. But to, they've also you know, given up 193 runs. <laughs> Yeah, well, when you when you trade away any anybody that is good at baseball, right? And that's the other thing is I I'm upset that they're moving to Vegas more so because of the owner. Um, and did you see what the clown said? And I, clown, yeah. sorry, I have to clarify. Rob Manfred, what he said, uh, he kind of blamed <laughs> the Oakland fans uh, because of this. He said we've tried For everything. Twenty years they've been. Since this, since this owner took over, I think twenty years ago, he's you know basically what he's... been trying to get them purposely not investing money to not to get them to move. I think for twenty years he's been trying to get them to move. Uh, so you, what you're saying is this is just like the uh, the movie Major League, <laughs> where she's trying to get the team <laughs> right. to fail. Uh, yeah. So do you know what Absolutely. his net worth net worth is? It's like two point two billion. And he has the lowest payroll in the game. He has not so done anything. Where does that compare? Two point two billion to like I think the it was other, tenth other on the list. Franchises. I think it was t- right. tenth he's on not, the list. He's, he's up there. Yeah, amongst billionaires in the game, uh, but also up there is Jerry Reinsdorf, and the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays is up there too. I believe he doesn't spend money. They don't pull in, but they don't put high paid product on the field. They don't put. Those big money guys out there. Uh, I'm gonna get at off least myself. keep their guys. They come up, they develop them, and they keep right. them. The A's develop for other teams. Well, and it, look at it's cyclical too. They have three or four good years, and then they f- fall off for three or four years, and then they build it back up. Billy Bean has done an incredible job over the last 20 years with what he's been handed. Right? Like if you can't spend money, that's what the movie Moneyball was all about. It's right? What you have to do. It's what you right. have to. One of my favorite movies. That you've been so, Moneyball. So good. I mean. It's so good. I actually haven't watched it yet this year. I usually watch it like opening week, and I, man, I'm, I'm going to have to put it on right here after this Cubs game. Yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite go-tos. I think it's fantastic. Uh, the Scott Hatterberg with Chris Pratt. Like, you go back and like, oh, that was Chris Pratt. Um, but right, a great movie there. But speaking of great, uh, we're going to do something different this week. We're going to give our top 10 rankings of teams where we think they rank power rankings-wise. Um so, Michael, do you have your list of your top 10? How do you want to do this? Do you want to go 1-1, one, 2-2? One, two, two? Do you want to go your 10, my 10? No, let's let's go side by side because I think we ha- we'll have some some similar. Um, yeah. Well, who, let's, maybe let's just say who's uh, – no, I was going to say who's in your top 10, but then you're just going to rank it. Um, looking at the list, I think we both have the same one and two. Tampa um, and Atlanta? Right, and corresponding spots, number one, number two. You can't. How, how could you argue that the Rays aren't the number one team in baseball? 
Right, they're twenty and five. Come, well, twenty and four coming into the rankings, but twenty and five, they've been the best team statistically. And as you mentioned, they played some lower end teams, but you cannot put them. You cannot not put them at the top of the list. And then Atlanta, uh, tied for the best record in the NL. What I thought was very intriguing. They are five hundred at home. They're six and six at home, but on the road they're ten and two. Usually those numbers would be flip flopped. So you right. would expect them to really pick it up at home here shortly. Uh, I think they are the so class the Braves, of the NL. The Braves have only played five games against opponents above 500. And they're two and three. And they're two and three. So that means that the, and all, two and three. And the Astros. But they played the they Phillies, right? The who is a tough matchup in their division, right? Like a divisional opponent, I always kind of, no matter what the record, a divisional opponent I would consider in my mind one. is a better team than what their record says, just because of the, the rivalry within the divisions, right? right? Especially how important the, the games are, right? It's not in the playoffs. So, uh, the Braves. So how did when you go ahead? So, so I was gonna say your rankings. Is this like the, the top ten teams you think in baseball, or the ten hottest teams this week? The ten best teams currently on the field, playing the okay. best baseball. Not playing only the best baseball, I think the that's best the key baseball right rankings. now. Ranking the teams as if this continued for the rest of the year, where would they rank in my mind, power rankings wise? That's how I have this right. right. So right. my I third, think it's, it's important to hear. It's not who we think are the best teams because we could right. have the teams, a good team who's not doing well, could fall in the power rankings. Right, like the Phillies technically less of them. aren't in my top ten, but that doesn't mean that by the end of the year they aren't one of the top that doesn't mean you think they're a poopy team right they're just not playing well at the time right they're not living up to their expectations and i think expectations may have played a little bit into this right like the braves are expected to be great the rays weren't expected to be the best team in baseball the way that they've come out and all hot like that but my third team is the milwaukee brewers um Mm. they're 16 and 9 coming into play tonight their pitching is fantastic uh, or at least their starting pitching is fantastic. I don't know too much about their bullpen outside of Trevor Williams, but uh, they've had a very good start to the year. They've been pretty dominant uh, with 16-9. Their run differential is plus 28. Uh, I think overall, talent-wise, top to bottom, uh, they did just lose Garrett Mitchell, didn't they? They did lose Garrett Mitchell, right. For Is he out for the whole year? He's out for, the, for I think, for most of the year, so September. So that's probably going to knock them down the list at some point over the next couple of weeks. But uh, they've got outfielders ready to go, though. That's, they had a crowded outfield of prospects. Who's your third team? Um, so I ha- I don't have Milwaukee as my third team. Milwaukee is in my top ten at ten. At ten, okay. At ten, um, right now my number three team is the Toronto Blue Jays. Who are coming okay. into today, not into tonight, with a four-game winning streak? Um, they are tied for second place in the AL East. They played earlier a, today. Yeah. Okay. I don't know when I if I got that win in there or not. So they could be five, or they could They're have sixteen and nine won. at four games straight. Yeah, they won earlier this okay. afternoon against the White Sox. So they have their their pitching has also gotten. Evan Gosman had a great outing all of a sudden so maybe that run differential will start increasing a little bit more mm-hmm. um, but right now the Blue Jays right now are the number three team for me playing playing good teams they took they they've taken uh, they're one and two against the Rays 
I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. They're two and one mm-hmm. against the Rays on they a four-game win streak. Right. So they're my number three. Uh, I have so, the Blue Jays in there. So I originally had them at fourth, but I dropped them down to sixth. Uh, they are my sixth team on the list. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me write that down. They're at six for you? Uh, yeah, they're at six for me because their run differential. Their pitching hasn't been great. Manoa, your Cy Young candidate, hasn't been great. He uh, yeah. He's had a rough start, so is Gosman. Their run differential was the one thing that scared me just because it was negative for a little bit, and they were still winning baseball games. I still think they're probably going to win that division. Uh, in my mind, their offense has been insane too, right? Like, they're hitting the ball. Uh, you had Chapman, Guerrero, and Bichette, I think, all leading the league in hits as of last week. I'm sure that's gone down a little bit, but they just Chapman swept fell, the fell back to earth a little bit, but still. Yeah. Um, they're my sixth team on the list. My fourth team is actually the New York Mets. They are just behind the Braves until today. They're now 14 and 10, so they're two games back, but they were neck and neck with the Braves. They're And they're pitching without Scherzer. I don't think Verlander's thrown a pitch yet this year. Quintana's hurt, and also Carlos Carrasco is hurt. So four of their top five starters currently are not in the rotation. Yeah, that that says a lot there. I mean, who's who's pitching? Kode, uh, only guy I can think of is yeah. Kode Senga. Is it Taiwan Walker? Or did he he left. He went to the Phillies, didn't he? Yeah, because the Mets got Senga. We were looking at the Cubs were looking at Taeyeon Senga or Walker and. So David Peterson, Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese, and Jose Buto, I'm going to guess. It's butt with an O at the end. So just wait for the Mets to actually get Verlander back, and you're going to see that run differential take off. That runs against is going to go lower as Mm -hmm. that run scored. They just got uh, Brett Beatty called Mm -hmm. up a power, a slugging third baseman, who they're not playing every day. Why would you call him up and not play him every day? He's sitting half the games. Don't I don't get it, but I digress. So who's fourth on your list? I have the Mets as well um, as fourth. They're uh, last. They're, they are on a three-game losing streak, um, but they're playing good teams. They're seven and six against teams above five hundred. Um, six and four in their last ten. So winning, they're on a mm-hmm. win, winning trend right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, number five, I have the San Diego Padres. So the Padres. I'm, I'm listing the third place team before the first and second place team in the NL West. Um, but the Padres are have been playing good teams. They they've played 21 games against teams against 500 um, or better, to, or against 500 teams or 500 or better, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they did that with all without Tatis. They did that all without Joe Musgrove, and both those guys are back this week. Yeah, and Tatis is who just put them up ahead of the Cubs, and looks like right now as they head to the bottom or top of the ninth, that they may squeak this out. It's four three heading to the top of the ninth in Chicago. Uh, my team in fifth place is from that division, but it is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I think that the Dodgers are the most talented team in that division right now. Um, well, not most talented team in the division. Let me rephrase that because I did pick the Padres earlier in the year. I do think that the Dodgers have been dealt a little bit of a difficult hand with the paternity. They haven't had their full team together, right? 
They've had guys in and out of the lineup <laughs> because of that. Um, they've lost three out of or two of three from the Cubs in the first weekend, and then they just won three of four. So they're starting to turn it around. They are currently um, playing the Pirates. They're probably going to lose that game, but they have won four out of five coming in today. Six out of uh, five out of six. Uh, coming into today, they've turned it around a little bit better than where they were. I think that that roster is just, they're always replacing people with people. This Outman guy? Where did he come from? Uh, the Dodgers. And now all of a sudden, Mookie Betts is playing shortstop for the first time in his career? Yeah, what? J- James Outman batting 316 with seven bombs, 19 RBIs. I saw this team in person. I've got, I'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, but who's your sixth team, Michael? Six, I've got the Houston Astros. Um, they came in and swept the Braves mm-hmm. this weekend. And they just won two um, their run differential. The yeah, they are they've won seven of the last ten on a two game winning streak, run differential of twenty eight, and they've played eighteen games against teams above five hundred. Yeah. Um so I, I think the Astros are still even without Jose Altuve are playing great ball. Hunter Brown is coming out with those Justin Verlander mechanics and shoving for him. Yep. And so my is, uh, seventh well, we team six, is your six. My six was Toronto, so my seventh team is Houston, uh, for all the same reasons that you just said. Uh, okay. They won the World Series. They're starting to play better baseball. Jose Abreu starting to hit the ball. Uh, Garcia's pitching very well. They just won five in a row against the two best teams on our list. Some Houston Astros right. fans are probably going to be mad at us. We just won five in a row against your number ones and your number twos on our list, right? But I don't think you could argue right, with someone. They took, they they didn't beat the bad teams to start the year. They they went one and one against the White Sox, one and two against Detroit, one and two against Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then in, a, in in the division went one and two against Texas. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're turning it around because their first three series they lost. Or tied. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe Houston is at least they're beating the good teams and losing against the bad. Not a good recipe for success. Right. Um, Who's your seventh team? But so seventh is within the same division is the Texas Rangers, who I wanted to rank higher, but they are on a three-game losing streak. And they just got swept right by the now. Reds, and that's why I left them off my top ten. Yes. Um, but prior to that, they did play good. They were playing good baseball. Three and zero against Kansas City. Two and one against Oakland. Two and one against Houston. Um, they have played nine games against teams five above five hundred. Um, but their run differential um, actually is second place in the AL right now. And that was after losing three games in a row too. Their run right. differential is plus fifty six. They are three runs behind the Tampa Bay Rays for most in the MLB. Total run score. Need Jacob Degrom. Yeah. Total run score. Total run score. They just need more Jacob Degrom starts. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did not put them in the top ten. Um, I have Minnesota as my eighth team on the list. The Twins have had incredible pitching so far. They've got young. Right. Young players in the league, uh, young players in the lineup that have been producing. You've got Carlos Correa. That was my pick to win the division. Right now, they're up 
on the Guardians by two games. Uh, I think that they've been the class of that division. They they've played some really good baseball uh, as of late. As you mentioned, they beat um, the Astros uh, in three games. They went two and one. They did just beat the Yankees two in a row until today. Uh, they lost twelve to six, but they they've been playing very good baseball as of late. You said they're the class of the division. They're the only team in the division. No one else is above five hundred. Right. Well, the Guardians is who you pick. So I'm saying that Guardians team is still good, but I think right now the Twins are the class of that division. Right. Well, you look at the rest of that division. Oh, it's trash. Detroit, it's tra- White Sox, even... and Kansas City. The so I looking through this and comparing rankings, the good teams have only been playing bad teams. Good teams have not been more often than not have not been playing each other. Right. So the Detroit White Sox and Kansas City have played twenty, almost twenty games against teams 500 or better those three teams yeah and the, and the Oakland has played 20 21 mm-hmm. games against the, teams the White Sox have lost seven in a row they have oh, yet boy. to win a they have yet to win a series they are the only team left to not win a series yet seven in a row they've lost to the Phillies then swept by the Rays and they just got swept by the Blue Jays and guess what they play the Rays for a four game set this weekend in Chicago who is so your that was your number eight I've yes. got the Baltimore Orioles. They are second place, tied in the AL East. They've got they are eight and two in their last ten games. Um, and let's see my notes here. Orioles have been playing good teams, you know, decent teams mixed in. Uh, I take that back. They've played Texas and New York Yankees. Otherwise, they played Boston. They played Oakland. They played the White Sox. You can't say Boston's not a good team though. They're at five hundred. That entire division's above five hundred. Right, right. But in um, the amount of runs that Boston gives up. So I'm not, I, I didn't mean to say that Boston. So, so but Boston say, scores a lot played, of runs, too. They've played Washington. They've played White Sox. And they've played Detroit. They've played some of the worst teams and bottom bottom of the barrel teams in baseball. Yeah. Uh, which, so, uh, but they're 8-2 they're and two in their last, last 10 games. Um. Nine and four at home, so they're winning at home and winning on the road. Seven four, seven and four away. Um, which then I'll take me right into my ninth team. Is our Chicago Cubs? Okay, um, hard so, to argue. A little bit. They've got the the best run differential in the NL. Yep. Coming into when today at, at plus forty five. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at the best teams at the end of the year. The playoff teams, it's usually the teams with the best run differential. So if that mm-hmm. just continues to trend, the Cubs have been playing the Padres. They've been playing um, the Dodgers. They played the Mets. They haven't they played the Mets yet. They played the Dodgers. Uh, they've played Texas, Seattle, Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And they've they've won recently. They lost against the Dodgers. But otherwise, they've won one, two, three, four series in a row. They hadn't lost the series teams. since the first uh, of the season when they lost to Milwaukee. So the Dodgers series right. was the first time they lost since Milwaukee early in the year. The Cubs are also my ninth team. Um, I was trying Let's not go. to be homer with this. Uh, I do have the Brewers ahead of them in that division. I don't even have the Pirates ranked in the top ten because, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, kind of more flukish because they haven't played as much of those competitive teams. But the Cubs, you mentioned it, it's the run differential. They're hitting the ball. They haven't even reached the warm weather months where the ball starts to fly out of Wrigley Field 
a lot. Um, and their pitching has been fantastic. Stroman and uh, Steele, as we talked about earlier Steel. on in the episode, but Drew Smiley, this is something I want to talk about. I was at the game on Friday. I almost threw a perfect game. I took my daughter Aubrey for hmm. the first game of her life at Wrigley Field. Uh, and she was like in the fourth inning. She's like, I got to go potty. I was like, okay. So we went in the bathroom and she's like, I kind of want to go to Noni's house again, which is my mom's house. I'm like, ugh. And then in the bathroom, I hear, and Drew Smiley, perfect through five. And I was like, no way. I was like, I'm not going to be <laughs> the guy who leaves a perfect game and the perfect game actually goes through, right? Like the big baseball guy in me, I cannot be the yep. baseball guy who left a perfect game because of his daughter. So I was like, nope, we're staying. Uh, got put on TV. Well, good, Thank you to Book Shambi. But good for you, Brandon, for staying. So I was watching that game um at a restaurant that's right and it was after my grandma it was the it was following my grandma's funeral we went to a restaurant to all eat mm -hmm. um big thing and i went over to the bar and saw the cubs were on i'm in chicago of course the cubs were on i sat from the first inning on i shoveled my food down went back to the bar and was watching that game he had the perfect what through seven mm -hmm. and in the eighth he lost it the top of the eighth so in the in between the seventh and eighth inning, I think in the bottom of the seventh, I was forced to leave the bar. So it's your the fault. Restaurant. It's Michael's fault, everybody. And the moment we got in the car, the first thing I we finally found it on six seventy the score. The first thing we heard was that play, and they broke they lost the note the perfect bid. So I'm not gonna blame me. You can't blame me. I was I was forced. It was my ride. I had to, I, my Angie and and my daughter had to go back to the house to take a nap, so they took the car. I stayed. I should have Ubered back. I you should have, but you didn't have your phone because you left that. Sorry, at home. Drew. No, I didn't have my phone. That's true. I did leave that at home. Yeah. So I you, you could because I, I said <laughs> I was gonna text you. You could have Ubered, and then I was like, oh, he didn't have his phone. But the Cubs come in ninth, and I'll talk again about my Cubs experience in a second. Uh, and then your tenth was Milwaukee. Mine is the Baltimore Orioles for all the reasons that you had them in eighth. So there, there is our so list. We have the same top ten, just in different order. Or uh, no, you had Texas. You Texas out. You had Texas, had and I had Minnesota, and you. Those are the only two. Oh, you had close. San Diego, and I had the Dodgers as well. So those are the two differences. Oh, okay. Um, but you can find that full list if you got bored listening to us talk or fast forwarded through this. That is on our Instagram page. I'll make sure to get that graphic out for our top ten so far. This has been episode twenty-three. Um, I'm going to call it the Michael Jordan episode. Because Michael Jordan's the best 23 that ever was. He's the GOAT. But I thought it was kind of cool. And I think we might introduce this segment going forward. Who's the best 23 to ever play the game of baseball? Who do you think? I don't have to look up who 23s are. I can't think of who 23s. I, it's, I think it, I'm not trying to be Homer-ish here, but I think it's Ryan Sandberg. MLB players wearing... Number 23. Players who wore number 23 from BaseballReference.com. Thank you, Baseball Reference, for pulling this stat out of here. <laughs> so immediately comes up at the top there is Bobby Abreu, who was a great hitter in our time. Javier Baez with the New York Mets for one year. <laughs> Jesus Alou, Felipe Alou, they followed each other. Uh, Willie Banks, Brian Banks, Paul Baco. <laughs> Are you going through them in alphabetical order? 
This is gonna take forever. So, all right, no, here we go. All right, by war, the top. Let's go top six. Zach Grenke at seventy six point nine war. Ryan Sandberg at sixty seven point nine. Luis Tiant. 66.1 and Bobby Abreu at 60.2. But Those I don't think Abreu always wore see, I don't think Abreu was 23 his entire career, and I don't think Grinky has he been. He wore 20. it for one year. Right. So that, So Grinky wore it for 10 years. Okay. Sandberg wore it for 15. So Sandberg's the best 23. 11. Sandberg's and the best. Ted Simmons, Ted Simmons is the only guy who's worn it more at 21 years, and he has a 50.3 war. Yeah, so it's so Sandberg. I would argue you could argue Sandberg and Ted Simmons, but Sandberg has the higher war in over his career. Yeah, uh, I'm going Ryan Sandberg. I know there have been better seasons in yeah, number 23, but as a career, I think that Ryan Sandberg. So the 23 stays in Chicago. 23 was a big number in Chicago growing up, obviously sure with was. Michael and um, also Ryan. But I think that's it. Don, Don Mattingly was a pretty good 23 when he when he wore it, but. Uh, that oil, is oil can Boyd. <laughs> Who? Oil, oil can Boyd. Yes. Oh, I remember 1980... him. Is that his real name? I have no idea, man. It's I probably a nickname. So. I think I see. But yeah, it's got uh, me. I did want to give a quick um, recap. I already talked about taking my daughter to the game on Friday, but it was a 13 nothing blowout. The Cubs destroyed the Dodgers. Yeah. Almost saw a perfect game. My daughter's first game at Wrigley Field. I went the night before. It was great seeing all those guys out there. Uh, also, it was a good game until it wasn't. It was 2-2 two to two going into the ninth, and that was the game Outman hit a home run, and he hit it, and I literally just stood up and started walking up the stairs. I was like, all right, time to go. They're done. Ah. So uh, that was my Cubs-Wrigley experience. You can find a little bit more on that, as I mentioned, on YouTube. I put out a YouTube short uh, of the immaculate skies that were at the game that night. I don't know if you saw what the clouds looked like as that game started on that Thursday night, but they were incredible. I saw your picture. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, Awesome stuff there. Uh, beautiful. Go check that out on our Twitter page, uh, also on our YouTube page. You can find us on YouTube. That is right at Barrels and Barrels Pod on YouTube. So look that up. That's where you can find us on Instagram as well as Facebook. Twitter is at Barrels and Barrels. And Michael is our latest follower. It only took him seven months. Uh, Michael, where can follower we find of the you? Week. Yeah, follower of the week. Uh, <laughs> Michael, where can we find you on Instagram? BNB underscore Burns. And you've been a little more active on Twitter, obviously, because you just followed us, and that is Burns BNB, I believe. I couldn't believe it. I saw it, and I knew when I saw it. Wasn't, I was like, if I click this button, Brandon's going to see that I followed. No, I knew. I, see, I, here's I, the thing. I knew you hadn't followed, and I had hoped that you weren't going to follow, so I was going to call you out on the podcast. So this morning when I looked and saw that Michael Burns follows, I was like, no. Oh, you were planning that for this week? Huh? You were planning that for this week? Yeah, that's why last night during our Instagram <laughs> Live and our taping last night, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I got something for this later. Uh, I can be found on Instagram, whiskey underscore weather. If you want, again, please subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, and if you've made it this far, you obviously like our podcast. Please do that. And also rate, review us on Apple, Spotify, any of those podcasting platforms that you listen to us on. This has been episode 23, the Michael Jordan episode. Thank you for sticking with us for another hour and a half. We love our bourbon. We love our baseball. Thank you for listening. We love high proof and high heat.
That's our slogan. I remember we developed that slogan at the beginning, and we have yet to say that word. We've never used it. <laughs> we have never used it. So high proof and high heat. That's our slogan. That's coined. Bam, bam, bam. Michael, any last words for our friends, family, and listeners? High proof and high heat, and baby, let's go. Ooh.